Welcome to another episode of Live from the Boosie. I'm your host, Rob, joined as always by Dave and Becky. On today's show, our final show before March 21st, you will hear our trade predictions as the Rangers approach their first deadline as buyers in over half a decade. Despite lots of rumors and fan speculation, the NHL has been mostly quiet as teams are treading cautiously as we head into the final week before the deadline. Uh, we'll also answer another awesome set of listener questions. Are always It's always our favorite part of the show. We always look forward to it. Uh, but first, we are going to take a big group exhale as the Rangers came away with a 4-3 uh, win in overtime over the lowly and now fully rebuilding Anaheim Ducks at Madison Square Garden. So just to jump right into it, Becky and Dave, let's uh, want to get your quick reactions to this one. Becky, how do you feel coming off the Adam Fox overtime winner in a game that the Rangers uh, obviously wanted to win, but where, um, you know, uh, Fox and Panarin really came up huge for them. I mean, I feel pretty good. It was not the prettiest game. It wasn't the ideal game, but a win counts. I really kind of want Anaheim to maybe leave a few players like with us. Like if they want to give us Trevor Zegras, like I'm really not going (laughs) to complain if he just wants to like stay, um, he could, we can find, like, I think we have extra room in our apartment. If he needs a place to crash, like that's fine with us. Um, yeah. So I'm listen, the game was like, whatever. It wasn't, wasn't great. It was, you know, goal, 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 like kind of like back and forth the whole time. Um, overtime's obviously fun. I love three on three overtime, like a huge advocate for it. I wish it was 10 minutes and then, They just ended it after 10 minutes of overtime because someone's going to score. But yeah, that was great. And also good for Fox because I don't want to, he hasn't been bad. Like, I mean, he still rules, but he's had some tougher games than I think he's had in his very young career so far. And so it's, it's always good to see him kind of get that, that game winner. Dave, what was your takeaway from this game? Kind of as, you know, Look, a Tuesday night game against Anaheim, maybe, as Becky said, not going to be the headline grabber, but they all count. That was the Rangers' 60th game of the year, so there's only 22 left now. And it pulls them even with Pittsburgh on points, and actually they have the tiebreaker uh, on Pittsburgh right now, so they sit in second place in the Metro after that win. But what were your takeaways from the game? I mean, it was a boring game. The, uh, the Rangers and the Ducks, I think they averaged 20 shot attempts at even strength through the first two periods. It was just kind of a snoozer. John Gibson did not look good in net. He was off his angle on the first goal. And I guess he thought Ryan Sturm was shooting the second one because he dropped the butterfly with Zibanejad, you know, having the puck at the bottom of the circle with a wide open net. Not quite sure what he was doing there, but you take it. And if there's anything, and the I, I forgot who it was in the BSB chat that said this, and Rob, if this was you, I'm 100% stealing it from you. When the Rangers Go want ahead. to play, they play. But they have to want to play. And this roster is stale. They're playing five or six, however you want to call it, however you want to view it fourth liners or AHL tweeners on a nightly basis. It's a stale lineup. They're bored. They know they're in the playoffs. Time for a little bit of a jolt. 
That's what the trade deadline's for. Leave Raquel here. Leave Lindholm here. If you happen to just forget that Zegaris is there, like you forgot his babysitter or something, then leave him here too. I thought you you mentioned Zegaris. Obviously, he's a huge part of the, the Anaheim rebuild, along with Troy Terry, Sonny Milano. They've got a couple of other you know pieces coming. I thought the Rangers did a really good job on Zegaris in this game. You know, kind of held him down. He didn't really create that many grade a chances but then of course he he completely undresses Braden schneider and gets off a between the leg shot that georgiev did uh did well to stop um also interesting one for Braden schneider i think this was one of the first games that he had two or three noticeable big mistakes and he actually got benched for the final eight minutes of the game the uh Derek grant goal that put anaheim up three to two was kind of a, a comedy of errors by three players by patrick nemeth johnny brzezinski and schneider all of them really did not read that play well at all and that was off the back of a very good shift in the offensive zone. But Schneider, young player, sat the rest of the game. You know, I think with his makeup, it's not going to affect him that much. These things are going to happen to young players. I also have no problem with Gallant doing it. I don't know if you guys agree or not on that. Oh, no, I go for it. You got to teach kids lessons. You know, hey, mm-hmm. this was a bad angle you took, and Schneider took a bad angle. You know, it's it's. It's the same reason why they get healthy scratched every now and then. Sometimes you just need to take the lesson and that's it. No issues. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, as, if it, as long as it doesn't become kind of like, a, oh, you made this one mistake that one time. And so now you're like being healthy scratched or you're looking at like six minutes of ice time for a whole, you know, like anything like that. If it's you made this mistake, you're, you're going to sit on the bench for the rest of the game. OK. And then like the next game, like go out there and just. Be aware of what you did and don't do it again. That's all. It's a yeah, teachable th- moment. Yeah, it, for sure. And I think Gallant has actually been very good with that this year. And mm-hmm. when higher profile players, and I think you can count Schneider among that group, but I'm referring more to Lafreniere and Kako. When they had their moments and the media kept asking Gallant, why'd you cut their ice time? Why'd you bench them? You remember he got very animated, particularly mm-hmm. in his defense of Lafreniere earlier in the year. So I don't even expect the media to ask about that. That's such a minor storyline coming out of this game. But, you know, if they were to, I think Gallant would say, look, no big deal. Young kid, he'll move He'll move on. And, and I think you can expect him in the lineup uh, on Thursday when the Rangers play the Islanders at home. Um, the other, I think, big uh, moment in this game was the power play, which, of course, tied the game. Chris Kreider gets his 39th goal of the season. He gets his 20th power play goal. Incredible numbers. And, and Kreider's... Uh, insane career year continues but Gerard Gallant did it again he did it in the St. Louis game I believe as well a couple of weeks ago at home he called a timeout in the middle of the power play kept the first unit out there and that paid off and you know to me guys this is the difference between Gallant and some of the previous coaches the Rangers have had who didn't use timeouts and generally at times I think you know just didn't have a feel for the game and I think with Gallant what you see is and maybe it's his personality. Maybe it is the fact that he's a former player. I'm not one of these folks who believes that you need to be a former player in order to be a good coach. But I think he just has a very good innate feel for hockey games. And that comes through in moments like that. Yeah, he gets the assist on that for sure. It's nice to have a coach that knows that he actually has timeouts that he can use. <laughs> Paging Elaine Vigneault. Oh, the gum-chewing dickhead. John Tortorella too, though. John Tortorella wouldn't use his either. I mean, it, it, you know, I think it was also uh, said in the group chat that it's basically been a decade since the Rangers have had a coach who would aggressively use the timeout. 
So yeah, uh, I mean, I love I love Tortorella, but he was yeah. not a perfect coach. And quite frankly, there are no none that I've seen anyway in my short hockey fandom career. So, although I do miss Tom Rennie. No, you don't. We talked about the line generator like a week ago. I know, and that was the greatest. I wish that came out when Rangers Twitter was what it is today, because we would have had so much fun with that thing. Peter Pruk is a healthy scratch. A gravy, it'd be like <laughs> it'd be like Tanner glasses on the top line. You can't shake him off. Well, <laughs> like, today's version would be Dryden Hunt is on the second line. Yeah, well, yes, I think and Greg McKegg is help. always in. Greg McKegg yeah. cannot be scratched. <laughs> cannot be scratched. So sorry. <laughs> Morgan Not Barron is a healthy scratch. <laughs> I feel bad for yeah. him. Like he's just sitting there, like, "Hi, I'm Morgan Barron. Hi, I'm Hayden Christensen." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting though because and and his you know ostensibly his replacement Johnny Brzezinski scored a goal tonight. Now look, we pointed out that Brzezinski also made a bit of a mistake on the on the Anaheim goal in the third, but you know to me uh, Brzezinski definitely has more pace than Barron. And I think you know I think I was reading in Arthur Staples' athletic article today about the you know the the fan trade proposals and the who says no where he sources you know kind of his uh, opinions from from anonymous executives around the league. And I think every team uh, beat writer on the athletic does a version of that article. So it's one of their kind of staples, but um, no pun intended there, Arthur. Um, (laughs) He did mention, yeah, that was bad. I'm sorry. That was horrible. That was really bad. One of the executives did mention that, um, because I think somebody offered Barron in, in a trade in one of their kind of proposals and, one of the executives said, I don't know what's going on with that kid because they really like – it's well known that they really like him. They rated him very highly internally. But they think it might be that he struggles with the pace of the NHL game, that he just can't quite make the impact at this level yet. Now, look, Barron has always reminded me of a certain uh, big ranger who was also a late bloomer. and He obviously has gone on to play for many other teams. But Brian Boyle reminds me a lot of Brian Boyle. And if you remember – Boyle famously went to, I believe, Dave, you probably might remember this, or Becky. Um, I think he went to a figure skating coach. To yep. kind he of, did. Uh, he did, right? I don't, do yeah. you do more, any more about that story, Becky? He went to a skating coach to to be a better skater. I mean, and it worked. Like, he was very – you could see the noticeable difference. I think – I always, like, root for Brian Boyle, but I do remember when he left, and this is kind of separate, but I remember when he left, it was because he wanted to be, like, top six and – God bless Brian Boyle. He's probably a wonderful human. Really enjoyed him on my team, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he's not a top six player. So I'm happy for him that he got the opportunity. And I'm really happy that he's still playing, especially with his very serious um, health issues that he's had. Um, yeah, cancer diagnosis, great, right? Yeah, yeah oh, he's geez, a great story. That. And it's, yeah, I think it was, like, testicular cancer. Keep me honest, though. Um and it's a blessing that he could play and everything. But I remember when he left, I was like, oh, he wants to be a top six player. Okay, bye. See you later. Like, that's that's a situation where I'd be like, goodbye. But he did. He went to a figure skating coach to to fix his skating, and it, it was extremely effective. Barbara Underhill. Yeah, and I think it was more of – what was that's that? That's who it was. Barbara Underhill. She was the Rangers yeah. skating yeah. coach. Now she's with Toronto. I remember, I remember that he went there, and all of a sudden, he was just this great bottom six player. 
Yes. And his skating was the main thing that was preventing him from taking that next step. And I think it might be a similar situation with Morgan Barron. So look, Johnny Brzezinski's 28 years old. He's also the captain of the Hartford Wolfpack. I don't think he's a realistic long-term option for the Rangers, but right now he, he does, you know, he does bring a little bit more of a professional approach and a lot more raw speed and pace than Morgan Barron. So I've liked his game personally. I don't mind that he's staying in the lineup over Barron. It's really more of the McKegs, and I hate to say because I love the guy, but even Reeves, who who had another tough game tonight, he just not as effective as he was earlier in the year um, on the puck or even physically. You know, and I, you got to wonder if he's a little bit banged up. He is the oldest Ranger player, I believe. So he's probably. Um, I think Reeves is the guy that you'll spot in and out of the lineup. What was that? He's probably gassed. I mean, the Rangers are playing basically every other day. And it's not like they have anybody in reserve, uh, aside from Barron, of course, to kind of spell these guys here and there and rotate them in and out. Now you got two guys that are hurt. You got the next best call up from Hartford is Tim Gettinger, who isn't a real option. Let's be real here. So, I mean, I feel like playing Barron is probably in their best interest, but. This isn't the first guy they've done this with either. Zach Jones spent a lot of time with the Rangers and not actually playing. I mean, granted, Libor Hayek doesn't necessarily count here. But this is a Gallant thing where they're just keeping... Why are they keeping Barron up to sit there with a thumb up his butt? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, And we'll see. Uh, Maybe he is part of a trade package. I don't know. Um... But in any event, the Rangers get the win 4-3 in overtime over the Ducks, and they look forward to an Islander team coming to Madison Square Garden on St. Patrick's Day. So I'm sure that crowd will be perfectly sober and quiet for that game. <laughs> um, Over or under two and a half fan fights in the stands. Ooh, oh, taking, God. Hammering the over on that. Hammering the over. <laughs> hammering. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I've been there, like, on a normal, like, Monday night game, and, like, there have been over two and a half fan fights in my fucking section. Like, it's going to be so good. Yeah, it should be a, a great atmosphere. And this also was a makeup game, by the way, from uh, this game was supposed to happen in December, I believe. But uh, the Islanders had all those COVID absences and uh, they've obviously had a, a tough season, although we feel absolutely no sympathy for them. They are playing better lately. It's too late for them to get in the race. Um, and who knows? Within 48 hours or 24 hours or, or so of you listening to this podcast, it is possible, however remotely, that the Rangers might even have some reinforcements or uh, on the way or on the roster. So um, let's shift to some trade talk. The, there has been a little bit of activity uh, on Tuesday. Minnesota and Colorado made kind of a, an interesting bottom six swap where Tyson Jost went from Colorado to Minnesota for Nico Sturm. Again, these are bottom six players, although, you know, Sturm is a big player with, with some upside. Jost, uh, you know, has, uh, has some, some playoff experience and has been part of some very good Colorado teams. Uh, and there's one other trade. Oh, Josh Manson was traded as well, right? Yeah, Manson also went to Colorado for, uh, uh, I want to call it like a B prospect and a second round pick. Right. And so that was the really the start of the duck sell-off. That was them saying, like, we consider ourselves out of the playoff race and, um, you know, basically we're open for business. So Josh Manson, gone. Uh, the, the Ducks and the, excuse me, the, the Avalanche and the Wild make a swap. So there is some activity picking up, but obviously this Ranger fan base has been antsy for months now. 
especially because the needs of the team are so apparent and it doesn't take much analysis if you're a hockey fan, let alone uh, somebody involved in the organization, uh, to figure out what this team needs in order to, you know, if not fully take the next step, at least compete when they get into a playoff series against the, life, the likes of Pittsburgh, Carolina, or Washington. So what I figured we could do, at least for uh, you know a few minutes here, since this is our final show before Monday's deadline, is let's just all throw out uh, our final trade predictions for what we think the Rangers are going to do um, before uh, or, or in advance of the March 21st trade deadline. So, Dave, I will start with you. Oh, Who no. is a Ranger by March 21st? And are there are there any guys on the roster, uh, current roster, that are traded? Oh, boy. All right. I am going to stick with the Ducks, but I am not going to go with Raquel because... I feel like that's too easy and we've always spoken about it. I'm going to go with Max Comtois is going to be a Ranger. I have no idea what he would... Maybe Gautier and a second round pick for Comtois. Um, I think they also get Arturi Lekkinen out of Montreal. And I think that cost them Kravtsov and Robertson. Both of them. Kravtsov wow. doesn't have much. It feels like a lot. It seems like a lot. And I like Lekkonen. I don't know if I would really like that. But there are two things at play for me on that. Gordon knows Kravtsov. And he's basically a throw-in. And Gordon out of... Uh, Robertson was drafted in 2018? 2019? Somewhere in there. He was the first players signed in that draft they signed him almost immediately so and that was also a Gorton draft so Gorton likes him and I think you could use that to get him interesting okay and what about any defenseman or do you think they stand pat now that Patrick Nemeth has been pretty good and you know once seems like he's gotten over the COVID brain fog and and obviously he had the off-ice stuff going on with his wife and there, there might have been more more than we know about there and obviously we, we respect you know Patrick's privacy and, and, and all that but Nemeth looks fine to me as a sixth seventh defenseman would like to see more Zach Jones I think we might see more Zach Jones especially as the Rangers get closer and closer to actually locking up a playoff spot but do you think they add a defenseman as well like I, I want to say something like Calvin DeHaan who we've been kind of beating the drum on for a while and they have no issues with cap they can add him they need to put somebody between an injury and Libor Hayek in the lineup. Right. But it's not an urgent thing. I mean, if they go with a defenseman, it'll be last second. I think they look to add a forward soon. And I think if it's the Ducks, they make the trade before they fly out. Mm, ducks flying, I get it. You dads are really good <laughs> with the dad jokes today. Jesus fucking Christmas. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Listen, these ducks don't fly together. Okay, all right, we're done. Becky, <laughs> um, <laughs> what are yours? Give me, give me your. I, I don't, I don't have any. So here's my like my thought process. I always have like these grandiose ideas, and I think I said this the other week about it, like how the NBA like has like kind of fun trades, and the NHL is like, here's like guy who's been traded 16 times and is somehow only 30 years old, even though he's been around for the last 25 years. 
Um, and he was traded for a second, a third, and a bag of pucks. And you're just like, cool. That was fun. I'm very excited about that. Like, you're not. So I don't. I don't know like what to expect realistically. I could tell you what I want, but I've told you what I want literally every single week for the last like three or four weeks. And so like I'm not gonna. I think we all got fleeced by like Joe Schmo on Twitter today saying that Nylander was like gonna be traded and there was some Elliot Friedman like quote unquote said it on his podcast, which he didn't. Like we all got we all got got. No, this right? is all Tyler's fault um, for putting it in the chat and not verifying it first. No, I got it. I got it in my in one of my work chats too. Someone yeah, I else think I, like, I thought put it, it was in there if, too, like, so I'm guilty. No, and I'm telling I'm telling you, like a completely separate group of people like texted about it too. So it's whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I would love for something like that. Like, I'd fucking love like if we sent Georgiev plus whatever, and we got fucking William Neeland. Like, please, please. Give me Nylander. Give him to me. I will go drive and pick him up. And gas is really bad right now. And I don't care. I would still drive. It doesn't matter. I'll fucking quarantine if I have to. I don't care. I think the reason that was such a good troll job was because there was the confluence of circumstances, right? The Leafs are struggling. The goaltending situation has become essentially like a, a national news story. I'm sure the news there is probably like, Russia war, COVID, Leafs goaltending situation. Um, and God bless Canada. Apparent, God bless Canada indeed. And apparently, management doesn't love Nylander. There have been rumblings, I think, over the last couple of off seasons. You know, and, and Marner falls into this category too. And there's all this stuff with you know a certain segment of the Leafs fan base where they get pissed off at Marner and Matthews for doing like the off-ice photo shoots and promotional stuff. You know, Nylander's got a little bit of that in his in his background as well. Um, so I do think that there is, and he does uh, carry a, a heavy cap hit, but but the, the lowest of the three. So I think there was enough to that troll job that made it believable, which is why it caught on so quick. Look, I'm, I'm with you, Becky, in the sense that my gut always tells me that the Rangers have done it before and they have the ability to go completely off the board, grab a name that nobody's been talking about, and do it in such a way that you kind of would look at the trade you know, what the Rangers gave up and be like, huh, wow, I never even thought of that because that's just been the way they've operated, especially in the sort of Glenn Sather uh, era. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Marty St. Louis trade is like not something anyone really saw coming. I know there was, again, some rumblings with, and the thing with him and Iserman, Iserman not picking him for Team Canada and all that stuff. Right, I know, but was there really like, was it every day the way we're hearing about like fucking Ricard Raquel and Phil Kessel that like Marty St. Louis might get traded. Marty St. Louis might get traded. Like, no, right. It wasn't really like that. Well, it was also what, how many years ago is that now? Like eight years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, eight years ago, Twitter was like less insufferable. So believe it or not, I think suit had the Rangers going after him a year before they actually landed him. I remember, him telling us in, in uh, that they're going to get already St. Louis and he put it in a post saying Rangers trade targets. He had three players, two were like, he put it in very slyly, but he had it about a year before the Rangers actually got it. They were pursuing him for a while. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. I just remember I, kind of the kind of thing though, that was under the radar, right? Like it wasn't like Larry Brooks was talking about, the long pursuit of Marty St. Louis. The way, like, look, Rick Nash was obvious. Larry Brooks Rick is talking Nash about Josh Anderson for, still. 
Oh, God bless. <laughs> God bless. But but the Rick Nash trade was talked about for literally a year and a half, is my point. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. the Marty St. Louis thing barely had any rumblings about it. And then it was like, boom, the Rangers are trading their captain for one of the – a Hall of Famer, like one of the all-time greats who's clearly still had some gas in the tank and was incredible for the Rangers in that playoff run and was pretty good in 2015 as well. So – I actually – yeah. I mean, I remembered – sorry to cut you off, but like the, the trade – the Gabrick trade that brought us Brass, um, Moore, and wow, my voice just cracked. Dors- Dors- Dorset. <laughs> and Dorset. Welcome to puberty, Wait, hold on. Becky. I, just went, I went through puberty after having a child. Very strange. Um, that trade kind of, that was a surprise trade. And then they got there for that game, and that game was like a gong show. It was like seven to three or something against the Penguins. Like that was ridiculous. Yeah, and they all game. scored. Moore, Dorset, and yeah. Broussard all scored. I think Dorset was hurt. Maybe might oh, be making that, that up. Right. But um, right. but yeah, Brass and Moore did. It was like just completely wild. And they were like literally fresh off the plane. Um, that came as a surprise, and that was I think like a late ish in the day, like late ish in the trade day, right? Um, trade. Oh, I remember Obviously that trade. The they had to like. I think the yeah. trade was made at like two forty eight, and they had to yeah. send somebody down, like rushing via the subway to Gabrick to get him. To approve waiving his no trade clause. <laughs> yeah, that wow. was that was fun. I feel like we don't really have that. Be careful what you wish for. So, well, I mean, exactly. But also, Becky, just to to say it because you know, as much as we love our listeners and and we know we have a lot of repeat listeners here, the name that you've been on. Well, there's been the two. There's been Brock Besser, but also Claude Giroux is the, the big one for you. I, that um, would be sick. That would be absolutely so, sick. Look, maybe Besser's the one because Besser's kind of fallen off here. And, and then, the you know, some news came out to, today or on Tuesday that the Canucks are looking to potentially extend JT Miller and give him kind of a deal commensurate with a number one center. Think Mika Zibanejad, eight and a half million a year. So if they do that, <laughs> mazel tov to them. That's amazing. And I know Brock Besser has the qualifying offer and all that stuff, but maybe that puts Brock Besser back in the conversation for the Rangers. And then, you know, they make a semi big mood, uh, big move, excuse me, um, for him. So I think that's a possibility. <laughs> They're going to give JT Miller $8 million a year. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Can we move on before I vomit into my yes. water cup? Oh, God. Let me, awesome. I, I'm going to say a name and I'll give a little explanation as to why i'm saying the name that may also make some people vomit but it makes a lot of sense good, good. i can't the rangers um so in reading uh again arthur staples article and a few other bits and pieces on the interwebs as they say i think there's a name out there that that ranger fans have not mentioned enough that actually does fit quite well for what they're looking for um he has uh positional flexibility he is definitely would fall into the category of hard to play against. He has had some good scoring seasons, so he is a guy who can. Put Rob, the if you in say net. Patrick Kane, I'm walking into the. No, other I know who he's going to say. He's going to say Max. No, 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 no. That's yeah, who he's going to say. Sorry, <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew yeah. where you were going with this, and you're fired. I, know, I just want I you to stop with lo- the shenanigan bullshit, Robert. Okay, that's all I really want. Please stop. I you're wouldn't fired. be surprised if he was a Ranger by Monday. What what makes you think that? I was just explaining it. He he is he's a pure rental. He, so he's got he's got five and a half million dollars or whatever it is, it is remaining on his current cap hit. He that Columbus is looking to trade him. He plays center and wing. 
He had a 70-point season not too long ago. He's got about, I think, and I think he's been hurt a little bit this year, but he's got something like, I don't know, I could look it up now, but it's 20 points in 35 games. Um, And he fits the exact sort of like middle six guy who can add some scoring depth thing that they're looking for. And he's a pest. And his father played for the Rangers. This is the exact kind of thing Glenn Sather would do. And if Glenn Sather, again, has outsized influence in this front office, they have a relationship with John Davidson, who obviously was fired by Jim Dolan. But you have to assume that the bridges with Chris Drury were not burned. So there's a lot of stuff there that makes sense. And he could be had for relatively little. So if the Rangers want to sort of do this one and a half feet in where like, yes, we're going quote unquote all in by bringing in two or three players and we're going to sacrifice some assets, but those assets are going to be mid round picks and B or C level prospects, maybe B plus prospects. Max Domi can be had for like a draft pick or two. It's like a very feasible, easy thing to do. Um, How is he in the locker room though? Like, isn't there, I might be thinking of a different person. No, it's a legit, it's a legit question. Um, Like, Yeah. He has, let's call them Tony D'Angelo-esque political views. That's okay, happened. I, I don't care about, yeah, that's I not like, a don't know how to, how to properly assist. I don't fucking care what your politics are if you're on my team, as long as you're not a little bastard like Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, like, right. Like, D'Angelo's you're not trying to dickhead. like fight the fans. Okay, that's cool with me. But like at the same time, I really, like, there are definitely New York Rangers who whose political affiliations don't align with each other. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm trying to put this Adam as PC Fox as possible. Adam Fox is one of those guys. Just keep that in well, mind. Like, yeah, yeah, and 100%. And, you know, who knows, by the way, we're not just talking about domestic poli- U.S. politics here. You're talking about Canadian politics, where Ryan Reeves' dad is running for uh, essentially Canadian Democratic Party um, governance mm-hmm. up in his province. I You've got Russian that. politics at play here with... Yeah. yeah, seriously. Willard Reeves is running for public office is, in, uh, yeah. in, cool. in Alberta. He, Reeves posted something about it the other day. It was, like, very cute. Um, no, but, I mean, also, given, like, all the shit that's gone on with... This is pure speculation, too. Like, I really don't want this to ever be thrown back in my face. But, like, if you do have someone who is very, like, fake news, blah, 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 and, like, you've got... Um, Artemi Panarin, who's been outspoken against Putin, which is a fucking brave thing to do for a Russian person mm-hmm. to do right now, and or ever really, but like especially right now, um, I wouldn't even fucking tread in that circle. I wouldn't even ask about the person. But I don't know. I like I don't know Max Domi's like anything, but like I do have for some reason like my spidey senses are tingling about him being like not. Uh, a well thought of, fondly thought yeah. of teammate. Well, that was well, the issue with JT Miller guy. too, wasn't it? It, it was JT yeah. Miller yeah. was a dick, yeah. and it's not like yeah. who I don't. Nobody gives a fuck about somebody's politics at this point. It's whether or not you're an asshole. Tony D'Angelo was yeah. an asshole. If so Max Domi is a well liked teammate, and he's great for the room. Who gives a shit? Good, go get him. Yeah. To me, that's my thing. And and also, you know, Domi has been a little outspoken about mental health, mental well-being. I think he was, I'd have to check this, but I think he was pretty supportive of Carey Price taking some time off, you know, from the game. Obviously, he's a teammate of Carey Price's, was a teammate in, in Montreal. Um, but look, Becky, you're right. This would be, if he were traded this deadline, this would be his fourth team in his career. And he's not even 30 yet. So he is one of those guys that you mentioned that is not even 30, has played for, would have, will have potentially played for four or five different franchises. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, look, I think there he has a little bit of a of a checkered past, but it's a lot like his father. His father was was a, a famous you know antagonist, and he fought a lot too. He was more of a, a classic enforcer type, although he was not a big player. Domi has some skill. I mean, Matt, his son Max can play the game, and again, I think the positional flexibility. He could play on the second or third line. Um, he could play center. I think it just he could probably play second power play. Um, and would help the second power play, if we're being honest, because that unit is a mess, honestly. And he, he replaces Barkley Goodrow, which is an upgrade as much as I love Barkley. Um, the, so that, that was a name, again, that popped up for me as I was, you know, scouring the, the rumor mill. Uh, that seemed to make a lot of sense. So, and it's kind of off the board because the Rangers haven't been heavily linked to Domi, but he's also like not been uh, talked about with, you know, a lot of high frequency. So... I think Max Domi may very well be a Ranger by, by, by Monday. I also, I'm just going to stick with it and just say it. I'll go Ricard Raquel as well. So there's your sort of like bona fide top six edition and your bona fide middle six edition. Um, other than that, I think the Rangers maybe toy around with the Calvin DeHaan idea. I think that that, and I think that that would make sense. Cause like you said, Dave, it gives you injury uh, insurance. And frankly, it also, look, we know how these playoff series are, especially if you get into the second round and, fingers crossed knock on wood the third and or fourth round you're always shuffling in guys in and out of your lineup on the third defense pair and the fourth line it's just the way it is sometimes you need to spark the team sometimes guys are banged up we saw dan carcillo rotating in and out with Derek dorsett we saw rafael diaz rotating in and out with i guess you know kevin klein whoever else was kind of in the bottom of the rangers defense those couple of years so dehan is the kind of guy that makes sense for that you know to slot in for either schneider or nemeth when um you know those guys look off, need a break. Rangers want to change it up. So I'm going to go Domi, Raquel, and uh, Dahan. Those are my, that's my final answer. Yeah, and now you just, like, the way you went through that, yeah, Domi's going to be a Ranger. It makes so much sense. It does. Look, and you know what? Center, I think- wing, and then you get another wing. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. And there's no long-term commitment there, like with Lekkinen, where he's an RFA. Yeah, yeah, you sold me. You're good at this. He's a pure rental. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm no expert, and I also don't know what it would cost. Although I will say this, I, it was in the Staple article. I really should should pull it up, but um, it was like a mid-round pick. It was like a third-round pick or something like that. And that was the one deal in that whole article where the exec responded and said, yeah, let's do that. That works for both sides. Every other deal was like somebody would say, no, this is ridiculous. Vitaly Kravtsov has no value anymore. That was one of the huge takeaways from that article as well. So, um All right, so in any event, uh, those are our final trade predictions. And, of course, we are looking forward to doing our live show. Still hammering out the details for that, but I'm leaning toward Twitter spaces, guys. I think that would be a really fun way to do it, kind of just hop on, do it it as a Twitter space, and, um, you know, ask everybody who wants to join. We'll give everybody a time. We'll tweet out the info, and should be a good time on, on Monday evening after all the dust settles around the trade deadline. But it is time for our favorite part of the show, Fan questions. Becky, hit us. All right. Brooklyn Joker 90. Nick, so I had a great time on his podcast last week. He asks, if you could bring back any former Ranger to play on this current team, no health issues or cap constraints, who would it be? Robert? They have to be an active player. That's interesting. I guess they do, right? Any former Ranger. Like when they were traded or, you know, injured or. 
Are we setting Literally parameters? any fucking former ranger <laughs> to play on this current team, no health issues or cap constraints. Pick a ranger, okay? Jesus Christ. This is fun. You guys are bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Rick Nash. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go Yager. Hmm. I like that one. That's a good one. Um, I want MSL, actually. Another I want MSL. One. That's another yeah. good one. And it fills that second right wing need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think they all well, do. I mean, I'd put, I'd put Nash <laughs> right on right wing with a stronger yeah. than Aaron and call it a day. I'd put Yager on anything. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you could play Colby. Yager right could now. probably <laughs> still play in the NHL today. Let's be real. I mean, I, like, yeah, I think he probably could. Uh, all right. Um, Built to Spill fan, you know, fan favorite. Um, pod, friend of the pod asks, favorite deadline acquisition, not counting 94. Oh, that's tough because I, I don't remember a lot of the early ones. Like the troll in me wants to say Eric Stahl because it was so dumb. I hate you more than anything. But <laughs> that team did not need Eric Stahl. Uh, I am going to say Keith Yandel for two reasons. One, when the trade was first announced, they said Dan Girardi was going the other way, and I said, "Oh my God, that's amazing!" They got rid of, they got out of, under that bad contract. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then the second was we finally had a power play quarterback, a top four defenseman, and the excitement leading up to the Yandel trade was great. (sighs) I was so hungover. And then the rest (laughs) happened. I was was so hungover, and then Caprios broke my heart. Yeah. I I mean, in terms of just pure deadline acquisitions, that's probably my favorite because it addressed so much. And it just blew up in everybody's face because of the way AV handled it. And then he goes and then he goes and plays in Philly with him anyway. Yeah, and they all suck. Yeah. Rob? I, I'm just going to go to a name that um, everybody said already, but Marty St. Louis. I mean, that mm-hmm. was yeah. just... The Rangers made the right move with Ryan Callahan. Obviously, it's always difficult to, to trade your captain. And he was a, you know literally like a bleed blue ranger um but it was the right move they didn't give him a long-term contract and saint louis became in his season and a quarter a heart and soul guy and just obviously emblematic of that team of destiny feel that the 2014 team you know had to it and you know, few diff- few things go differently. We've talked about it a lot. Obviously, we're you know maybe clinging to it too tightly as we await the next version of of great Ranger teams to to finally become reality. But you know, uh, those teams were very close to winning. They were within a couple of bounces, couple of whistles, couple of injuries or non injuries. Maybe playing Chicago instead of LA in 2014. Some butterfly effect flap of the wings uh, away from winning a Stanley Cup. And Marty St. Louis would have been a huge, huge part of that. He was a perfect fit. Pretty much probably could have, should have worn the C. But they could have they could have literally moved, stitched the C right on his jersey when he arrived. Just taken it off of Callahan's, put it on St. Louis, and it would have worked out. So, And he didn't even score a goal, by the way, in the regular season. 
until like his third to last game. I remember that really yeah. well. Like it took people him... were like really mad at him. It was pretty funny. That, yeah. They were. They were like beyond pissed. But yeah. um, he was my favorite. Sorry, that was ramble. Yeah. Um, I I like was saying I think I like the Brassard trade because that that line that yeah. like Brassard Pouliot Zuccarello line just gave me so much joy and life that year. I mean that was just fucking amazing. So I'm gonna say. That trade, the Broussard trade, I loved that trade. Um, and also, again, like because they literally arrived and scored like eight grillion goals against the Penguins, and it was just like, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're doing great. <laughs> so, um, you know, and again, like I've also, again, been a fan since like 2008. So kind of limited. I don't have the, the old school fandom that you guys have, but all right. Hold on, wait, wait. Before we go to the uh, next one, that was from Bill to Spill, right? Yeah. And he just, you know how uh, based chesty Andrew does his uh, slander hours after every win? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill to spill. Troy Terry and Sam Steele sound like they should be starring in a film where their stepmother gets stuck in the dryer. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Blue Seats Live after dark right now. Built to spill oh after dark. <laughs> Rate this one R, Robert. They're all rated on. Why I'm calling you Roberts. And it gets favorited by Ted Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, Dave. All right. Uh, Jessica Lynn, friend of the pod, Jessica Lynn 312, asks, what's one Rangers game you wish you could have been at in person? Two games in 94 don't count. Game seven versus the Devils and game seven Stanley Cup final. Do you need me to explain that question to you guys or can you like figure that one out? No, pick any game but those two, basically. Yes. Wow, thanks for the shade, Becky. Well, I mean, thanks for the dumb question before. <laughs> Touche. Uh, uh, I, you know, it was a tie for me between the Stepan goal and the St. Louis goal, but I have to go the Marty St. Louis goal. That was, that team just felt different, and I've never been to an OT playoff winner ever. The only, well, I should say a Rangers OT playoff winner because I've been to one and that was the Can You Hear Us game. <laughs> I don't know why I have to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, the Marty St. Louis OT winner just, he had like 37 shots trying to go over Tokarski's glove and then he finally did. Uh, the guard, like You could hear it on the TV how loud, oh God, I would kill to be there. Yeah. Hey, Rob. Well, yeah, not to brag, I was at that game, and it was everything you described. And not to brag, um, fuck you. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to be there and at a lot of, of, of those games. But, all, you know, you also go to your fair share of heartbreakers as well. So, um, but no, that was that was incredible. Um, I would have wanted to be at the at the, the, the next game they won in that series, the clincher, to go to the, to go to the Stanley Cup Finals because – just experiencing that, that is a, you know, especially when you're a Ranger fan, it's kind of a once every 20 year proposition. Kind of, if you look at the history of the franchise, they kind of make the finals once every maybe 15, 20 years, if you average it out. So um, they don't, they don't do it that often. It was a really tense game. You obviously have the Lundquist windmill save, which the crowd went completely crazy on that save. I don't think that's something I appreciated while I was watching the game on TV like that, that brought the crowd to its feet, which is again, not something you normally see a save do. 
Um, Dom Moore gets the goal. They they hang on for a, a one nothing win, and then it's confetti and fireworks. They brought out the the Prince of Wales trophy. So you know, having a little bit of a trophy presentation would have been really cool to see live, and just soaking in the vibe of of accomplishment. You know, again, they they don't win the cup, but I think we all all look back on those years so fondly because they accomplished things. You know, they they won things in those years. They won the the, the conference in fourteen. They won the President's Trophy in fifteen. There's banners for that stuff, and those are rightfully earned banners, right? So um, I would have loved to have been there for that, a, a clinching game like that, um, and then be able to celebrate with uh, fellow Ranger fans and friends and probably my dad and whoever else afterwards. That would have been really special. So um, I think that's mine. Okay, well, you took my answer, um, so thank you. I'm going to pivot to 2015 um, I would have liked to have been at game six against the Lightning instead of game seven against the Lightning like I was um, because they won that game and game seven was atrocious. So Weren't we at yeah. American but Whiskey actually, for game six? I don't know. Probably. I thought you would have said uh, step on overtime game seven as a substitute because that's the other no. famous one. No. I mean, like, I can't think of anything better than being at a game where uh, other than being at obviously the game when you win the Stanley Cup, but I can't think of anything better than being at the game where you get to like go to the Stanley Cup after that. That was just iconic. And actually so funny enough. So Jess, who asked the question was at that game. And at the time I was living on the Upper East side and I was watching with a bunch of my friends and then she came up to meet us and it took like forever for her to get there. Cause it was just such a shit show in the streets. Cause everyone was excited. Everyone was like just so pumped up after that game. I mean, that was so much fun and that was definitely a weeknight. And I definitely was out much later than I should be probably at my age. Now I would have passed away or something. I wouldn't be at work the next day, but, but that was just the best. I don't know. Um, that's really my answer, though. That game was awesome. The game was so awesome. And Dom had that goal. It was so good. Fourth line, bottom six, really important in they the playoffs. Were, they were so good. All right. And then final question comes from a non-Twitter podcast listener. Billy Wexler asks us, what is your take on trading for Yanni Gord? No. Too Rob. much. Nope. 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 He's got mm. like 95 years left. On his deal. Nope. Does he? He's got a while to go. Yeah, he signed a long-term deal. Um, But, I mean, is he available? I think he's hurt, right? He's not on IR, but he's got another three years at 5.16 million left. Yes. And he's 30. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that smoke. And this yeah. year he has a line of 13, 22, and 35 games. 13, 22, 35, and 53 games. Uh, he hasn't topped good. 50 points. He's only topped 50 points once in his career. He His last three seasons, 30, 36, 35. Uh, obviously this year is not over yet. Yeah, you know, I also, I am wary of doing the thing where you try and reconstruct a previous cup winner or dynasty, but you're doing it like three or four years down the line. Now, everybody joked about the fact that the 94 Rangers basically did that. They like had half of the late 80s, early 90s Edmonton Oilers on on that team and they, they did win a cup. But 
most of the time that doesn't happen. That doesn't work. So they've already got Barkley Goodrow. Do you want to bring in Yanni Gord? And you're trying to like, you know, rebuild that that very famous third line that they had that that you know was so effective for them in those playoff runs. I mean, look, he's a good player, and I think he fits into that category of exactly what they're missing. But I do think that the combination of age and what's remaining on that contract probably makes this cost prohibitive. I mean, if you do that, then you're he he basically becomes your two C next year, right? I mean, you're, it's basically not avoid you're not you can't avoid that. He's your guy. He's not a two C. Five point one six million. He's, right. he's, no, not, know, he's not a second line center. He's Heedle. No. I, I totally agree. So, interesting thought and a very good fit for this year, but I don't think he's a long-term. That He doesn't make sense long-term, and you have to give up a lot usually to get guys with term as well. All right. Um, I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be too thrilled about it, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Like we said, anything's possible, right? So, we'll see. That's right. All right, and that's it for the week for questions. Unless, sorry, were you saying more about that? No, no, no. Thanks, everybody, for for submitting those questions. Um, No, all I was going to say is, you know, we are really excited to do next week's show as I think we're going to do it as a a Twitter space. Obviously, we'll let everybody know if, if that changes. We'll tweet out all the information from the Blue Seats Live Twitter account, which you should follow us there if you're not already. Obviously, our own Twitter accounts, um we'll also share the information there should be a great time that will be a live show on uh next monday the the day of the trade deadline probably around eight o'clock um when when all of the news is kind of finalized and we have a clearer picture of what this ranger team will look like uh, heading into the stretch run and then the playoffs so dave becky any final thoughts before we sign off no just like you know poking with the stick do stuff come on do stuff that's mostly the Drury. Come on, do stuff. You can't go into the playoffs with the lineup looking like this. Do stuff. Well, we will see if they do stuff by next Monday. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you live on Twitter Spaces next week.